Hey, what's up, Zach? Uh, it's Fretz here. So, I just watched Super Letdown. And it actually happened. It it actually happened. They put the Universal title on a 55-year-old Hall of Famer, and the Fiend got beat clean. Squashed. Four spears, one jackhammer. What the shit? Um... Uh, I can't wait for your reaction. Oh, Lord, I can't wait for Mance's reaction. Oh, God, forgive him and me in advance. Fuck right off, Vince. What the hell was that? Oh, man, I'm... I can't wait to see how, how this goes. February 27th, 2020, will be remembered in the annals of WWE history as the day 53-year-old Goldberg became the WWE Universal Champion. If anyone is with an earshot of the sound of my voice, you should not be surprised by this result. If you are, I understand. If you aren't surprised like I am, you pretty much get it. I had a strange feeling coming out of the Royal Rumble that WrestleMania 36 was going to be just another regular WrestleMania show that we've been getting for the past four or five years. Uneventful. boring an abysmal failure Vince McMahon literally just gave you another huge ass middle finger now I didn't watch Super Showdown for the most part I was at work and in my the Patreon group chat I believe it was Fretz who had said Undertaker was fa- taking on AJ Styles right now this is about couple hours ago so it was during the gauntlet match I believe Undertaker came out dressed in his gear choke slams AJ Styles and wins the Tawake Mountain trophy no one cared from what I have been hearing and I was just finished I was just watching the Joe Cronin show um post show post game show from what I had heard, this show was terrible, as I easily predicted it would be. I told y'all I wasn't going to be watching the show. I wasn't going to make any predictions of the show because it wasn't worth my time. And from what I had been hearing and seeing on Twitter, no one honestly gave a fuck. I have been hearing words of boring garbage terrible and now we are gonna get Goldberg versus Roman Reigns more than likely for the WWE Universal Championship and what could be the main event of Wrestlemania 36 in Tampa Bay Florida again no one should be surprised by this 
at this point, I had honestly accepted the fact that Goldberg was going to win. Once we learned of Vince McMahon in the WWE scrapping, pretty much the entire card, minus two matches, in Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, and Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, speculation started that Goldberg was going to defeat The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And now, it has come to fruition. So, there was also reports of, you know, Goldberg versus Roman and Wyatt versus Cena being the, the two matches that were going to be a marquee matchups in the card. Again, I'm not surprised. Ricochet, in, mere, in a mere formality, lost to Brock Lesnar in less than three minutes. Three suplexes, one F5. Bray Wyatt loses to four spears and a shitty-ass jackhammer. Again, not surprised. Roman beats Baron Corbin in a cage match. Don't really give a shit. And now next Sunday, we get Elimination Chamber with barely a week's worth of build behind it. I told you that WrestleMania 36 was probably going to be trash. And so far, to me, in terms of what I thought, so good. I hate being fucking right all the time. I'd rather be proven wrong for a change. From what I had seen on my Twitter timeline, the consensus is this is bullshit. And I'm assume and I'm sure most of you would assume that I was going to go on a rant and discuss that. As far as I know, Mance will handle that at the Gift of Podcast. He'll be taking care of that for all of us. He had declared on his Twitter that if Goldberg defeated the Fiend, that he was going to go off. And I cannot wait to hear his thoughts on this. So I'm going to keep it calm for a change. Now, a lot of people, I'm sure people are saying AJ Styles got buried, Ricochet. It was par for the course. Bray Wyatt is the is the is the one everybody's gonna be talking about. For the simple fact that you spent an entire year building up this man, and for six months, he was the hottest thing since sliced bread, especially coming out of SummerSlam. And now, today. Bray Wyatt the Fiend is nothing more than a human. Yes, he is superhuman and weird-looking motherfucker. 
And now we have answered the question of what does it take to beat Bray Wyatt? Four spears and a jackhammer. And do it in less than five minutes. Vince McMahon does not give a fuck what we think. He never gave a fuck what we thought. He was going to do this anyway. He was going to do it anyway. And I find it very sad that, you know, We are, we sit here today knowing that Goldberg is going to go into WrestleMania three years later as Universal Champion and will do the same thing he did at WrestleMania 33. Be a transitional champion, drop the title to a certain someone, and they walk into the sunset as champion. In this case, Roman Reigns will be walking out of Raymond James Stadium, the WWE Universal Champion, on April 5th. I told y'all, all roads lead to Roman Reigns walking out of WrestleMania 36 as champion. I don't like it any more than you do. I know a lot of people were, you know, doing Twitter prayer circles, hoping that, you know, Vince McMahon had some actual common sense. He doesn't. Because if he did, one, this match would have been have gone down anyway. Two, he would have kept it at Bray Wyatt versus Roman. I'm not even as mad as you think I should be. Our, my fate, the fate of the WWE Universe was accepted a long time ago, people. And now we are less than six weeks away from WrestleMania 36. And now people are souring already on WrestleMania 36. I'm sure now there are going to be people who aren't going to watch Wrestlemania who don't give a fuck the hashtag cancel WDB network has started up again that's not surprising to me either I feel for Bray Wyatt today knowing that he would have he is going to he had to walk in to Saudi Arabia knowing he was going to lose that championship to Goldberg I think that in and of itself is disheartening. Knowing that what you try to do for the last six months to get this character over has now fizzled out right before our very eyes. Now, with speculation that Bray Wyatt versus John Cena is going to be a matchup at WrestleMania, I'm sure speculation will begin. That Wyatt is probably going to lose to Cena as well. 
wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's gotten to the point where I'm just not even mad anymore. And I I expected me to come on here today and just rant and bitch, moan, all that shit. But then I realized this was all going to happen anyway. It didn't matter who won the Universal Championship. It really didn't. Because they were going to give it to Roman anyway. And now this makes it even much easier for Roman Reigns to win the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 36 on April 5th. Not even bittersweet. Not even upsetting. Not even appalling. Not even disgusting. It's just a mere formality. And now, this is what we're going to have to deal with for the next five, six weeks. Is Roman and Goldberg getting ready to prepare to face each other for the title? We can be mad all we want. And I'm sure you'll be mad all you want. Fine. Be mad. Be upset. Be disappointed in the company. Because they disappointed you. They fucked you over. They said, fuck you. With the biggest middle finger they could find. And pretty much told the entire WWE Universe, go fuck yourself. We don't care what you think. You're going to accept what we give you. I don't have any hope for WrestleMania 36 this year. I don't. I didn't have any hope for it after the Royal Rumble. And I sure as hell don't have hope for it now. They can, they could easily throw. The rest of the car could be a five-star classic after a five-star classic. Banger after banger. But the lead up to WrestleMania is what's most important. And as we go into the month of March, I just don't care. I've stopped trying to care. I've stopped trying to hope that they maybe they've learned a lesson from last year. And maybe they would give us something that we can actually invest our time into. The only reason SmackDown is going to pop a rating this week is because of John Cena. Other than that, I don't care. I'm not surprised. I've accepted it. I've accepted that WWE would never be the company we thought they were going to be. I'm not surprised that a 53-year-old man in Goldberg is now our Universal Champion. I'm not surprised that now you have Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, two part-timers, as the top champions of either brand that are going to lose it to full-timers. One is a mere formality and one we've been wanting for a while now. They don't care what you think anymore. They were going to do what they wanted to do anyway. This is episode 174 
of the Young Lions perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. did it they actually pulled the fucking trigger <laughs> oh my fucking god they actually did the one thing people thought wasn't going to happen <laughs> uh, beside the fact that from what I had heard Super letdown was literally what it meant. A super letdown. You now have part timers as your top champions for Raw and SmackDown, respectively. exactly what they didn't need to do they did it Goldberg is champion once again Fast Lane 2017 on repeat he buries Kevin Owens and now Bray Wyatt the Fiend is dead oh man again if you listen to the opening segment of this podcast you shouldn't be surprised this is the laugh to keep from crying theory for all of us. At this point, it doesn't matter. Like I've been telling y'all, all roads lead to Roman Reigns winning the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 36. Fucking god, they're a joke. WWE's a joke. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. This is what Vince wanted. After last year and him having to give us Kofi winning the WWE Championship and giving us Becky winning in that atrocious triple threat main event. And giving us Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Vince McMahon, and I stated this, Vince McMahon was going to get exactly what he wanted at 36. And he's getting it.
we're getting exactly what we wanted. Well, what he wanted, not us. We're getting exactly what Vince McMahon wanted. And now, are you ready to sit through six, seven hours of WrestleMania? Are you ready? You better be ready because you got five weeks. You've got five weeks to get ready for what could possibly be the main event of WrestleMania 36. <laughs> it's a joke. It's the joke that continues to write itself. I told y'all this WrestleMania 36 was going to be shit. I don't care if you believe me or not. I'm right again. I hate being right. I do. I promise you I do. I hate being right. And yet again, I'm right. Strap in, folks, because WrestleMania 36 season is going to be fun as shit. And it all starts tomorrow. John Cena's coming back, too. Oh, fucking boy. Wyatt for Cena, here we come. Screw, and you, you, if you honestly think Bray Wyatt's getting a rematch, think again. He ain't getting one. Guaranteed elimination chamber. They're going to do it. They're going to do it again. Smackdown elimination chamber. Guess who's winning that one? Think it's going to be the Fiend? He's going to get his revenge? Nope. Roman's waiting in that. Roman's waiting in that chamber. And then we get Goldberg Roman. And I get to laugh the entire fucking time. I told y'all. Roman's leaving with that belt. And now we're literally five weeks away. How sad. How fucking sad. But let me get into my thing thing. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Religious Podcast here. Welcome to episode 174 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Thursday evening. And it is cold as hell in New Jersey. 40 degrees outside, but the wind's pretty whipping like 30, 40 miles an hour. So it's pretty cold. But I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. (laughs) They don't get it. They fucking don't get it. <laughs> and just wait till the well, till WWE pay-per-views go to ESPN Plus. <laughs> oh my god, WWE is fucked. They're fucked. Oh, this is fucking great. What a day. What a great day. Oh my god. Another shitty show in Saudi Arabia 
Goldberg wins the championship. And now we're going to go into Friday Night Smackdown. <laughs> with John Cena. <laughs> and the rest of the show is probably going to be trash anyway. Mansoor. <laughs> Feeding self sickler. Uh, Undertaker burying it just tells in five seconds. <laughs> this show sucks. This company is trash. NXT, NXT and NXT UK are the only things you need to watch in WWE anymore. Main roster's done. Fuck the main roster at this point. I just want at this point, I just want Drew to win the WWE title. And all will be right with the world with me. But we ain't talking about WWE today. Because we got some business to attend to. Because an actual good show is going to be going down this Saturday night in the form of AEW Revolution. This Saturday night going down in Chicago, Illinois. Man, Chicago, y'all are being fed very well. Y'all are being spoiled with the with with just a 19-course meal. I swear. How many appetizers is that? Like 13 of them things? Don't mind me. I'm just going to pop open my bottle of uh, strawberry kiwi clear and sparkling water. It doesn't fucking overflow on my ass. And we're good. Cheers to you. Sweet taste of being right. Again. I hate to say I told you so. But we gotta get into some business, of course. Like I said, AEW Revolution is going down this Saturday night. And we gotta talk about this preview and predictions here. Woo! AEW, man. Revolution. It's definitely a show we should all be excited for. I am excited for this 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 freaking card, man. I am very excited. I cannot wait. To see what is going to happen on Saturday night. With what they've been giving us the last few weeks. This entire actually this entire month of February. Has been solid gold for me. Not a lot to be mad at. During the build. To AEW Revolution. Especially in the last 3-4 weeks. Even going back to January. Or late January. They have been on fucking fire. Full gear. Their build to build the full gear was fantastic. Girl was alright. But the their build was fucking fantastic. Oh man. This is uh I'm trying I'm trying not to laugh about super let down today I really am trying I'm trying to stay focused <laughs> but seriously Revolution is going to be an amazing show in my eyes they have done everything the right way Every, not, I mean almost everything the right way we still have women's division to talk about but we'll get to that when we get, we'll get there when we get there later on today with Light the Fuse which I'm excited about talking to you about but let's get into The top matches we have going on. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, MJF Cody, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. 
These are going to be your three top matches of the card on Saturday night. These three alone could be its own show, and I wouldn't even be mad at it. Every one of these matches have some sort of story behind it. And I love the fact that they have some sort of story behind it. I'm very happy with every... I mean, looking at the card right now, I'm not mad at any of the car matches on the card. I'm not. I'm actually pleased with everything that is on the card. So, Callan Center taking on the Dark Order. Of course, the Dark Order trying to corrupt, you know, Christopher Daniels and have him join the Dark Order. Orange Cassidy versus Pac, which was a late addition to the card. Oof. And all, uh, all because Pac had to hit him one time in the grill. Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. Guevara taking out Darby Allen for a few weeks with a skateboard to the throat. And Darby Allen challenging Sammy to a match at AEW Revolution. Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes is going to be a really interesting matchup. Especially after the fact that Dustin Rhodes called him out. And challenge them to a match. Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander is pretty much Nyla winning the women's championship and pretty much proclaiming that she is the queen bee of the women's division. And you see Chris Statlander and Big Swole come out, not intimidated in the slightest. And now we know Statlander and Rose will be going one on one for the women's world title. But again, the three main matches are the ones I begin with. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Bucks. I mean, this has been a very complex storyline, if you honestly think about it. Kenny Omega has been in the middle of everything. Dealing with a drunk partner trying to keep cool with the Bucks, maintaining the elite as best as he could, having to deal with Pac, going after Michael Nakazawa and Rio, And now he has to face two of his best friends, two members of the elite, against them for the tag team title. With the tag team title on the line. MJF and Cody, I think, has been the most interesting of all of them. Given the fact that it, went, it this went all the way back to full gear. This went all the way back three months ago. Long-term storyline. Shocking, isn't it, when you actually put forth effort? Isn't it? Cody, MJF, I should say, gets turns on Cody after throwing in the towel and being the sole reason that Cody can never challenge for the AEW World Championship ever again. And then kicking him square in the nutsack. Which has led to 
one of the better feuds I have literally seen all year. I have been thoroughly impressed with the storyline. This has been a great storyline. And it's going to be interesting to see how this ends. And of course, the main event, Jericho Moxley for the AEW World Championship. This has also been a fun storyline to watch. Especially as of late after Jericho pretty much spiked Moxley in the eye with a pen. Then Moxley spiking Santana in the eye with a car key. And him been embroiled in this whole feud with him in the inner circle ever since. This build to Revolution has been fantastic. I have been thoroughly impressed. I have been very happy with what's been going on. I'm very happy with the fact that they are finally culminating this with this card. And I cannot wait to see what they do on Saturday night. So let's make us some predictions. Last time out, take over Portland. I believe I went three and two. But no, four and two actually. I missed on uh, Finn Bala and Adam Cole. Uh, four and two still a good record. I would like to go six and zero, oh, but hey, we can't always go for perfection. Ben Franklin, if Ben Franklin taught me anything, it's that there is no one perfect person. And so, we can't all be, you know, the Miami Dolphins of old, back in the day, of the seventies. Can't have a perfect season, and more often than not, I usually don't hit on a perfect card. But we're going to try to go for the gusto anyway. So let's get into it. Starting off with the pre-show match. SoCal Uncensored versus The Dark Order. This has been an intriguing tag team feud as of late. Now, at this point, I said a while back, The Dark Order was going to be tag team champions. Come rev- come to the next pay-per-view. I definitely missed on that one. But that's not, that's not to say that The Dark Order hasn't had hit their stride as of late. The one thing I had said a few months ago is that I wish The Dark Order actually got this at the beginning of AEW when they started Dynamite. And it bums me out knowing that they're not gunning for the championship, but they have had, they have had a really solid feud with the SoCal Uncensored. Really gunning for Christopher Daniels as one of the members, to become one of the members of the Dark Order. In the process, SoCal Uncensored and the Dark Order have been embroiled in a feud, which will more than likely culminate the Saturday night. Now, speculation of the Exalted One possibly being well being known may be going down in Denver, Colorado the following Wednesday. And for that, I would not be surprised. Um, a lot of people are saying it's going to be Matt Hardy. And if it, if it is Matt Hardy, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Honestly, that would be pretty damn cool to see Matt Hardy in the Dark Order. Um, we'll see. I, 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 I'm more of a... I don't be- I won't believe it until I see it kind of guy. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, if it does happen, then fantastic. If not, well, hopefully it's somebody we actually think is going to be really cool. I'm going to go though with the Dark Order to win this. I know a lot of people will will be picking SoCal Uncensored. 
to win this matchup. But I think in terms of what they're trying to do with the Dark Order and help build them up to be this really big time cult, a loss to them, a loss for them kind of would hurt them a little bit. Um, I think they need a victory. I think they need to defeat SoCal Uncensored. Um, where this goes in terms of Christopher Daniels, I do not know. But what I do know is that without a win, the Dark Order kind of look unimpressive. They kind of lose a little bit of their luster, if you will. So I'm going to go with the Dark Order to defeat SoCal Uncensored on the pre-show. And we'll see what happens with the Exalted one this coming week. Pac versus Orange Cassidy is an interesting one. Um, this literally just came out of absolute nowhere. The fact that Pac lost to Kenny Omega, and we'll be discussing that in just a little bit. That that 30-man Iron Man, my God. Whew. Well, again, we'll, we'll discuss that in just a little bit on Light the Fuse. But after the 30-minute Iron Man match, and during his promo with Tony Schiavone, Orange Cassidy comes out of nowhere. And it looked like he was about to take off the sunglasses. It looked like he was about to do something. So Pac did something first. It punched him right in the grill. And so the match was made after the best friends uh, defeated the Butcher and the Blade. And Pac will be facing Orange Cassidy. Now... I have not personally seen an Orange Cassidy match. I have not, personally. Um, Orange Cassidy, though, is quite over with the crowd in AEW. AEW love him. They love this man. They love him. All right? And... It's going to be interesting to see how this match goes. Um, who do I think will win, though, is going to be the interesting thing. Now, for a debut pay-per-view match, usually means a win for the person making their pay-per-view debut. If I'm not mistaken, this is Orange Cassidy's pay-per-view debut. This is actually his debut match in AEW, if you can believe it or not. And I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy to get the, to get the victory. I do not know for the life of me how he's going to win. Because, again, I've never really seen an Orange Cassidy match before. I've seen the sloth kicks. I've seen all of that. And I've also seen Pac pretty much pump kick him right in the fix. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how they go about things with this. We'll see. I'm going to be curious to see how it goes. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. I'm actually very intrigued with this matchup. Now, not only because it's Nyla Rose's first title defense, but this is Chris Statlander's second chance to become AEW Women's World Champion. So I'm going to be curious to see how this match goes. Now, I do have Nyla Rose retaining 
quite easily. I think this is going to be a good match, though. I think Rose and Statlander can really make turn this into a solid match. And they're definitely going to need to continue this momentum that they've kind of had going. I know a lot of people are still souring on the AEW women's division, which is fine. I, I, I understand, you know, especially after a while, you know, people would be a little upset by the women's division, which is understandable. But again, I think this match is going to be very, very good. I hope, I hope this does help further the uh the movement for the ladies um this could be this could be a match a, ma a good match coming out of the from the ladies division um could definitely help um make waves for the women's division they really need ma i mean matches like rose versus rio you know we know they don't come often but for rose as champion having um Babyface having a load of baby faces does help the cause. And it does help her to become a dominant women's champion. So I mean stat I mean it's gonna suck that Statlander's not gonna win the championship, and a lot of people are probably gonna be a good amount of people are probably gonna be making uh, Statlander to win. I do have Rose winning. I the the biggest hope is that I hope they have a solid women's world championship match. Especially on a pay-per-view, the first one of the year. You want to get off on the right foot. For the ladies, I think a match of this caliber can definitely help the cause for that. Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. This one's, and I'm just gonna combine Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara here. This, these two are pretty predictable for me at least. Um, I mean, Darby Allen coming back after taking a skateboard to the throat. Um, leaving him to be having him out of action for a few weeks. Um, then pretty much he had some cryptic, cryptic uh, videos saying, I challenge you to a match at Revolution. And I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be one of the better matches of the night. Um, so much so, I'm actually making this my Dark Horse match of the night. And this is a literal, true dark horse match of the night. I think the, uh, Darby Allen is, has been, I mean, any match he's been in, you gotta think, Cody, Chris Jericho, those two matches alone made him a household name. Ever since then, he's been absolutely killing it. I have been quite impressed with Mr. Allen. And I hope this, this this string of good great matches continues. I think Sammy Guevara could take him there. Again, you're gonna have an eight match, you're gonna have a seven match main card. So I'm sure they're gonna get a good amount of time. I'd say 10 to 15 minutes tops. But I know these two can do a lot in 10 to 15 minutes. They both have speed on their side, agility, both can do high flying moves. Both can be technical. I think these two are going to go all out. And in the end, 
Darby Allen gets his revenge on Sammy Guevara. But I, but this is a definite dark horse for match of the night for sure, without question. Jake Hager, I'm gonna go with to defeat Dustin Rhodes. AEW pay per view debut. Um, I think Hager. I mean, I, I mean, if y'all remember him WWE, he definitely was to me, you know, someone I would love to watch out for. Um, I think he does well here. I think Dustin wrote. I think Dustin can really carry him to a good match. I really do. I really think these two can have a interesting matchup. This will probably be lower on the card, probably second, third match of the night. Um, I know Pac versus Orange Cassidy is definitely going to open up the card. That's that's just a mere formality. I mean, they want the crowd to be hot. And Pac versus Orange Cassidy is going to be hot if you have Orange Cassidy coming out after Pac. Which is why I wanted to leave time for the top three matches of this card. And we're going to start off with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This is probably one, this is the one match I have really been back and forth on all week leading up to today. I can make the case for the Young Bucks to win the championship. I can make a case for Omega and Page to retain. The, the only question is would they turn Page Hill Saturday night? That's the thing. Page is the X Factor in this matchup. Always has been, always will be. And again, the possibility of Page turning here would make sense. And then we get Omega versus Page. Now, again, I could I could say this could be a long, drawn-out thing that could lead to double or nothing. Now, I now personally, I did say all out would be the would be the long-term feud. They could possibly do this at double or nothing. So here's what I think is gonna happen. I'm picking the Young Bucks to become the new tag team champions. I'm going to stay that page yes Marley come on good girl good sit Marley says hello and that was your obligatory Marley moment of the show yes I know you're cute no we're not even doing your predictions you can go kick rocks on that I think Paige is, is turning heel Saturday night I think it's gonna happen I've wanted it to happen sooner, but I think they wanted to wait until Revolution to make this happen. The liquor will get to you sooner or later. If not now, then when? Is the question. Because then we'll be going into March, and Double or Nothing is in May. So that'll give us a couple of months build. We'll give you March, 
April and May to build this feud between Omega and Page. Yeah, I know. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. It's going to be a fun match. It's going to be good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Don't take, don't take your, don't wink at me. Don't you wink at me, child. All right. No, the fix is not. Relax. Okay. I'm going to pick the Young Bucks to retain, though. I think, again, I think that Paige heel turn is inevitable. It, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the win is Saturday. Because you got to get ready for double or nothing. And I think Paige Omega would be a fantastic match at double or nothing. This would be a that would be a fun match to watch. And if you get and if you build it up like you've done with the MJF and Cody, then hell yeah, sign me up. So I'll be going with the Young Bucks to become the new AEW World Tag Team Champions on Saturday night. MJF versus Cody. This has been one, one of, if not the big, one of the most important feuds in AEW today. Five years from now, if AEW is still in existence, I will still look back to MJF. And look to this as one of the foundational feuds of AEW in their early stages. And Marley saw something she didn't like. Anyway. So. Who do I think will win, though? I am torn. I was also torn about this. The easy pick is Cody. The easy pick is Cody to get his comeuppance. And MJF, you know, get the storybook ending. Cody gets his comeuppance against the man who turned on him and the Nightmare and the Nightmare family, for that matter. But I ain't doing that. No, 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 no. I'm picking MJF to defeat Cody. I'm sure it is shocking you as well. I'm not shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if, if MJF beat Cody at all. Because, yeah, sure. You can have Cody win. That's all well and good. I don't mind that. If he wins, I don't mind. It'll make it'll make sense. Cody gets his comeuppance. All that good stuff. But the reason I want MJF to win is for the simple fact that not only will that make him the most one of the most hated men, if not the most hated man in AEW, and can brag about the fact that he beat Cody at AEW Revolution 
MJF is a bona fide star if he defeats Cody. Now, we already know MJF has the goods to be a star anywhere in the world. Except the WWE. They would they would be turning turn him into EC3 2.0. I said it. But MJF, I think he needs this win. Again, sure. Give Cody the win if you want to. That's fine. But if you really want make to make the fans really hate him, have him beat the, the biggest babyface in AEW right now. I'm going with MJF to beat Cody. Because he's better than you. And you know it. Which leads us to the main event. Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. I have loved this feud from the beginnings when Jericho had the list of guys he would not want to face. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Michael Nakazawa, Moxley, ugly dude in the third row with the sunglasses, Craig from Friday, Day Day, Moxley, Freddy Krueger, Bob from Bob's Burgers, Moxley. You get the point. So where we are now. There is no other pick I can make than Moxley defeating Jericho for the title. Because at this point, I think it's time for Jericho to drop the title. That's not to say it's a bad thing. Not to say it's a bad thing at all. I have loved Jericho. I think Jericho being the first champion in AEW history made sense as an established veteran who has name recognition over Hangman Page. Winning the championship was the right call. The right call now is for Moxley to take over. I think it's his time. I think Jericho's ready to drop it. Um, Moxley just has that white hot momentum. And I know in Chicago, that crowd will be pro Moxley as fuck. They'll be singing Judas in the beginning. But they'll be cheering for Moxley to win the championship and take it away from Jericho. That's just to me. I, I mean, that, that just makes the most sense. Let's be real. Jericho winning the championship honestly does nothing. It really doesn't. Um, retaining it, I can see him retaining it. That's fine. But I think right now, Moxley has the hot hand. And at some, sometimes, you have to go with the hot hand. Moxley can carry AEW on his back. I think Jericho knows that. I think AEW knows that. And I think he knows now it's time for Moxley to take the reins and see what they can do with him as a top guy on a brand. Because if not now, then I don't know when. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be your AEW Revolution preview and predictions. When we come back, it's episode two of Light the Fuse. I'm going to talk about what I hated and what I loved 
from last night's episode of AEW Dynamite, their go-home episode, and man, I had a lot of fun enjoying watching this show, and I got a good amount to talk about. I'm going to keep it trim, though, because this is this was a very long segment, so, as I always say, get, if you need to, get yourself a cold beverage, get yourself a snack, relieve yourself if you must go to the facilities, walk your dog, do what you need to do, and when you're done with that, come right on back, and we're going to talk about last night's episode of AEW Dynamite on Light. The Fuse. We'll be right back. And we are back. Continuing on with episode 174 of the Young Lions Perspective. And it is time to light the fuse, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, like the fuse, we're going to be talking about what I loved and what I hated from last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. I figured I was going to keep this all in one particular segment, considering the fact that we did uh, the preview and predictions for AEW Revolution. I figured I'd keep everything in just one little bundle, you know, so I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to keep it as short as possible, and we'll see where we go from there. So let's get into what I loved about last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Let's kick it off with that 30-minute Iron Man match, y'all. That 30-minute Iron Man match was all kinds of epic and then some. It really was. Like, to try to put this into words in and of itself is just crazy because this, like, 30 minutes of Pac and Kenny Omega, I don't think they could have booked this match any better than they did last night. Now I'm being truthfully honest with y'all. It could have not this it couldn't have done this any better. And looking up in the notes from you know last night. Oh shit. JD from NY206 has done his uh his shit. I know he's gonna wild out in a little bit. I'll be listening to that after I'm done. The Paco Omega match didn't have a fall until we until we got to 14 minutes left in the match. Neither man was able to get a single fall in 16 minutes. And the only reason that we got the first fall was because of Pac hitting Omega upside the head with a chair. Now, I will say that was a clever way for Pac to get a fall back. Now, they got a 30-second timeout after every fall. So, 
Pac had to sacrifice a fall in order to get one back, which I think was very, very clever for AEW to do in this in this case. Very, very clever on their part, because I had never really seen that before. And he got that literally about 40 seconds after he got DQ'd. So that was very, very smart. The end of the matchup was just a whole bunch of near falls, you know, Falcon arrows on the floor, you know, just back and forth action. Um, you know, the count out, you know, that Omega almost didn't get it in it. Uh, thing count, you know, black, the black arrow miss hit the veer trigger. Huge Uranagi pocketing a poison Rana, you know, Pac hanging onto the brutalizer for like the last like minute and a half. It felt like, and then, you know, then it ends up being a draw at one. Pac is so frustrated that he decks the ref. And about like 30 seconds after that, Justin Roberts gets on the mic and states that they're going into sudden death overtime. So Aubrey Edwards had to come in due to the fact that um, the referee had been taken out. I forget his name. I believe it was it's Paul something, if I'm not mistaken. I forget what it is. If y'all know, let me know. And... So, V-Trigger, Pox Flandering, uh, referee uh, Aubrey Edwards slides in. Um, then Omega gives a second v, uh, ripcord V-Trigger. It's a Kamagoye. Shout out to uh, Ibushi-san for that one. Goes for the cover and somehow kicks out at two after all that. Um, he picks, uh, Then he picks him up in the electric chair. One-winged angel, one, two, three. And, and on top of that, that's how they kicked off AEW Dynamite's Go Home Show last night. That's how they kicked off the show. And I was, what was I doing? I was cooking dinner, actually. I was cooking uh, ground chicken with some taco seasoning because it is quite delicious when you add taco seasoning to the ground chicken. Um, I was quite impressed with how they did this. For my money, I would lo- I would see this match over and over again. This is easily a possible honorable mention of twenty of twenty twenty, an easy honorable mention. Now, would this would I put this in match of the year territory? For now, I I would say I would. It's still early on in the year, though, especially from what NXT is going to be bringing to the table for NXT Takeover Tampa. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ricky, you did not need to tell me what you told me last night off that. My goodness. If y'all watched NXT last night, oh my dear God. The card we may have potentially for TakeOver Tampa, that could easily supersede Portland right now. I think from the way I see it. If everything goes the way I think we think it could go. I don't know where it's going to go yet. Because I haven't seen NXT last night. So, But back to the fun stuff. Omega Pac, man, that was a great way to end their feud. A very fantastic way to end their feud. You couldn't have done this any better. You could have easily gone with a street fight. You could have easily gone with a uh, no disqualification match. But I think a 30-minute Iron Man match definitely, definitely was just fantastic. I mean, they, they, could have done, they couldn't have done this any better. 
tag team division in AEW showed up and showed the fuck out last night, ladies and gentlemen. Best Friends versus The Butcher and The Blade. Jurassic Express versus The Inner Circle in a six-man tag. I'm telling you, AEW's got the best tag team division in all professional wrestling right now. Hands down. Main roster doesn't have anything. Main roster WWE doesn't have anything. NXT's on a resurgence. The closest competitor is New Japan. And even then, I'd still say AEW beats them by a freaking mile. They absolutely killed it last night. The Butcher and the Blade is a team definitely I want to I would keep I'm gonna be keeping my eye out on. Um for sure. Absolutely. I would definitely be they're gonna be definitely gonna be on my watch list for 2020. Um best friends, that's a mere formality. Um the Jurassic Express is the is the highlight, I think, of the night. They are v- so over with the with the faith, with AEW faithful. I, I said it on Twitter last night. They are, I, I could see, I could easily see them as future AEW World Tag Team Champions. I would have loved to see them win the inaugural tournament to crown AEW World, Cham- World Tag Team Champions. Um, they had other plans, that's okay. I'm not mad at it. But I, I honestly think for the life of me, you know, I would definitely love to see them with the with the gold they just are just fantastic i mean luchasaurus you know he i mean he's a tall dude but he's very agile and very athletic um jungle boy very got i mean after that chris jericho match for 10 minutes he he is over he is over as fuck margo stunt the 12 year old 20 something himself he did his thing i mean that i mean inner circle is inner circle there they are established as, as one of the you know the best teal stables in the in AEW right now hands down they got that they got that on lockdown you know with Ort- Santana Ortiz and Guevara they got it, they got it down but i think the highlight of the night was definitely in, in terms of the tag team division the Jurassic Express i think are were, were like we were the highlight for me they i mean the crowd loves them Without question, they love them. I don't see them as singles competitors by Eddie Beats. Mm, excuse me, that was a yawn there. I don't see that by, by any means. They they are nowhere near singles competitors. I would love to see Luchasaurus in a singles match one time for the one time against Jake Hager. That, hopefully they visit that soon. But as a tag team, they've got it made. In a very crowded division, they definitely got it made. And I can, I hope one day they do win the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I hope they really do. I think it's going to be something that's going to be very epic when they do. I can't wait to see it. The Butcher and the Blade, they're the, I mean, what they did with um, the best friends in the tag match, the the close, the ending of that matchup, that was funny as shit with Allie and um, Orange Cassidy. That was hilarious. So funny. I was very, very happy with, you know, that moment with uh, Allie taking, taking the sunglasses, putting them on, Orange Cassidy, you know, taking the, uh, taking her bunny ears.
You know, I mean, oh man. It was just, oh, it was just fantastic to see. It's little moments like that in matches that, you know, make me appreciate the details of that. And I think that's the one thing, you know, I love the most is that, you know, just seeing that, just seeing those little, it's just the little things about professional wrestling that, you know, just make you appreciate wrestling. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just something about it. Just something about that moment in the match just made me hilarious. And made me just laugh my ass off. On top of that, after Allie tried to go for the kick, um, the butcher, no, the blade actually, uh, Braxton Sutter, went after um, Cassidy, almost hit Allie in the process, missed that uh Cassidy fucks with him. He goes on the outside, hits the blade. No, hits the butcher, actually. And then um, the blade gets caught in strong zero, helping the best friends defeat the butcher and the blade. This division is just on fire. And I cannot wait to see how what they're going to be doing, you know, in the future. For this division. I can't wait. The weigh-in. Between Chris Jericho. And John Moxley. Felt so realistic to me. It really felt like. You were going to see an actual title fight. Like in boxing. Or in UFC. When you add a sense of realism. To professional wrestling. It goes a long way. For what is going to be going on in a certain matchup. I think that's just me though. I really do think that. I really do believe that when you add a sense of realism, it adds a little bit more depth to the match and uh, to the, to the match, to the feud and to the two competitors that are, or, or however many are in the matchup, you know, that are going to be facing each other. That way in felt like a, like a UFC event to me. It really did. It really felt like a UFC event. You know, crowd was going hype, was hype for it. The, uh, you know, Chris Jericho shitting on the a ring announcer. I forget his name. Uh, but 46 years in the game, can't go wrong with that. I absolutely just enjoyed the fuck out of this. I mean, you know, let me go to my laptop real quick and we'll get the weights for that real fast. I'm, I know that uh, Moxley was came in at 234, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jericho gets up, gets on the scale, had his full belt, full gear, hands the belt over to Santana, takes off the glasses to give to Ortiz, takes his time to take off bandana, then tells KC to shut your ass. Um, sorry, <laughs> he calls Mahomes a piece of shit. And we never got the way from him because head, uh, Moxley headbutted him right after that. Inner Circle goes after him. Moxley hits uh, Santana with the paradigm shift. Sammy, Ortiz, and Hager go after Moxley. Uh, Jericho then has a bloody face, which is hilarious. Um, Moxley starts getting mugged in the corner. Security can't get in there to stop it. 
which was bullshit. Uh, Jericho stands up. Dustin Rhodes comes in, goes after Jake Hager. They go into this uh, congestion area. Uh, Darby Allen comes in. Um, hits Santana with a skateboard. Sammy knees Allen down. Um, Sammy hits uh, Allen in the head with a skateboard. Breaks it. Moxley hits Ortiz with a paradigm shift. Sammy drags Allen out. Moxley's alone with Jericho. These two start throwing hands. Santana goes, hits the low blow. Hits the Judas effect. Um, Jericho then drags Moxley to the scale. Hits paradigm shift on him. And we end the show with Jericho holding up the AEW World Championship afterwards. It was just one of those things where it was just like, my goodness. I mean, it's just going to be something, you know, of epic proportions. I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of this match. Oh, this match is going to be so much fun on Saturday. This this feud has been heating up very well. The video package between featuring MJF and Cody was very well done. I think it's a definite highlight. Not you know to to focus on every single match you know with matches or whatever is not going to be ideal. Um, the video package between these two was very very fun. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Just to see the history of how everything came to be was just you know a very great closing chapter for this match. Um, it was just one of those things where I, I was like, wow, you know, to go and all of this just happened in a span of three months and it felt like an entire year's worth of just content. We went through an entire three month period that felt like a year to me. And that's that that's that's really kudos to AEW booking this properly. Every step of the way. You know, with. MJF being in the corner of Cody, throwing in the talent with uh, with him against Jericho, the low blow by MJF. Cody says, "I want my revenge. Name your price." And then MJF going with the stipulations, and then throughout the months of January, February, we got all of that. You know, we went through that Wardlow making his debut, the cage match, which was much better than the fucking Roman Reigns Baron Corbin cage match at Super Letdown. Well done there, Vince. Fuck. I know I said I wasn't going to watch Super Let Down, but, you know, when Fretzy put it in the chat that it, Styles and Undertaker were going at it, I was literally at work uh, watching it while I was doing work. Um, don't tell my boss. Um, that's neither here nor there. I digress. But, um, <laughs> but you know, just this, this, this was like the one of the. This is probably one of my favorite feuds so far of 2020. I know we're only two months in so far, but this literally has been one of my favorite feuds of 2020. Um, I've just been very happy with everything that's gone on with this. They did all of everything the right way for this. Um, whether MGF or Cody win this. Either way, it's going to be a great match. I think this will be a very fun match. Saturday night, Cody's going to go after MJF. 
That's how it goes. Cody's uh, MJF laid down the stipulation. You cannot touch me until AEW Revolution. We've only got 48 hours left before Cody can lay his hands on MJF. And I'm going to love every single second of this matchup. Now, I was going to make this as a hate. But when I looked at what Mitchell said on the chair shot side of his uh, dynamite, I turned, I figured, you know what? When you put it this way, I understand now why it is what it was. So let's let let uh, we'll break it down from Mitchell's side of the interview, and I'll explain what I was gonna have because I actually was hating this interview, kind of. Now, this is what Mitchell said about the interview. Quote, but this is now this is between the all the members of the elite, Hangman, Kenny, uh, and the Bucks. Quote, I like that JR's interview with the elite tied back to it to help us understand why Hangman wasn't ringside. It all shows the tensions between them are specifically Hangman and the Bucks. Both sides of that little argument were valid perspectives, but I probably take Hangman's side that he just wants to prove he can be something because of him, not because of the elite. I like to see that tag team match boil down to Hangman trying to do it all on his own, only to crash and burn. That could really give Hangman's own personal story some real dimension as he tries to reaffirm his individual worth. Now, upon first view of this interview, I really wasn't feeling it. I wasn't. For the most part, I I don't know what inside of me really told me, I'm not feeling this. Now, seeing that, now I did read the, I like to read the thoughts most times before I go into it, just to see, you know, what the thoughts were. But when they break, when you break it down like this, it's very hard not to love it. When you put it actually into perspective, no pun intended. He wants to show that he can do, like, he wanted to leave the elite. Months back, being the elite episode. He wanted to leave the elite. They didn't allow him to. They didn't want him to. He wanted to do it because he wanted to show, prove his worth. He wanted to prove that he can do it because he wanted to do it. And, you know, he wants to prove that he can do it all on his own. Kind of. I mean, he does have Kenny as his partner. But that's why I said what I said about the tag team title match that I predicted in the last segment. You know, I would just, man. Just, I just, I love every bit of it. You know, I can, I can understand. Just, it's, it, I mean, you know, like I said, I really wanted, I really didn't like it at first. And then, you know, thinking about it, just seeing it in that like point of view, I understand more why they're trying to have Hangman break it down the way they break it down. You know, the drinking is just him. You know, he he does cowboy shit. I get that. And that's what that's what I think, what I thought, if you had checked out the last segment in my preview and predictions. Now, let's get into what I hated about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And it's not much. It's a couple of things. Little nitpicks here and there, you know. 
yada yada. Paymaker Posse, I hope that was a one night deal. All right, that was just weird. That was just a weird thing. I'm at the Painmaker Posse. What in the absolute fuck was that? I, I mean, it could just be, you know, just a thing they did for the night. You know, whatever. Just, I don't, I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, now, the Fatal 4-Way... It's something that's been just really eating at me about this one. Now, Hikaru Shida winning, that's all well and good. She's the number three contender in all of AEW in terms of the women's division. I personally would have gone a different route last night. Um, now, from Mitchell's point of view, this is what he stated about the Fatal 4-Way. Um, we got a quote. We got a great final hot package from Cody versus MJF, and we got a great women's Fatal 4-Way Fatal 4-Way to be the main event match. Sheeta taking the win is logical. She's been on a great streak, even with having lost an early title opportunity against Rio. I feel that AEW still subscribes to face versus heel like everyone else, and I don't see Rose losing anyway, so Rose versus Sheeta will great, make a great matchup. As well, it should, as well it would. I would have given the win to even Big Swole or Shanna last night. I like Akaru Sheeta, don't get me wrong. Cute girl, nice look, can go in the ring. Easily can go in the ring. She's shown showed her worth plenty, plenty of times. I don't know. For some reason, I would have liked to see Big Swole and Shanna or Shanna win last night. But I think right now, AEW sees Akaro Shida, I guess this is the next in line after Rose possibly gets past Statlander. You know, have that be, you know, have that go on after, you know, Revolution goes down. That might be the... That might be the, the feud they go into next. I would just really would have liked to see one of these two win that match. I understand she was on a great streak, but you could have honestly had one or the other win it. I get why they had she to do it. But in this case, for some reason, it just didn't really. I don't know. I I I'm just like seeing Sheeta win. I really had that. I had a grimace. I'm just like, eh. did she have to though? I mean, it really would have been a really big situation, a really big win for either lady. I'm talking about Big Swole and Shanna to get that victory. It really would have been really cool to see one of those get one of those two get the victory. I really would have been much much happier. If, you know, they had gotten that. Excuse me. I don't know. There's something that just rubbed me the wrong way with Sheeta winning last night. It It could be a nitpick. And all that stuff. It's just I like to see. You know, it would be it would have been interesting to see. You know, one of those two winning. Yuka Sakazaki was definitely not winning last night. Let's keep that. Let's get that one thing straight. Love the charisma. Love the charisma. 
all that stuff. Love the way she went about things, but I knew she wasn't going to win last night. Um, just, I would have really liked to see, you know, a Big Swole or a Shannon take it just to start getting them into the rankings. It wouldn't have, if Sheena wasn't part of the fall, it wouldn't have hurt her case. And apparently I got a helicopter flying above me. I ain't do nothing that I know of at least. It would have, would have been interesting to see, you know, where they would have been left up in the rankings, you know, Big Swole or Shanna. Because you've got to start building them up, too. And I'm sure they're going to be building up the division on um, Dark. They'll be starting to get that up as well because they're going to need future contenders. If, they, if, if Rose does get past the Sheetas and the Swoles and the Shannas, all that stuff. And we're going to need some more contenders. So they're going to be building that. It's just I would have liked to see one of those two win that last night. And then add a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a a jolt into the rankings of AEW's top five women's rankings. That just would have been me. That would have just been me personally. I would have had one of those two win. But, and I do have one thing that I hope that now, the possibility of new championships is there. With the recent trios matches we've been seeing over the past couple of months, it looks to be that we're possibly going to be getting trios championships to kind of make up for the mid-card. I'm not necessarily a fan of that, personally. I'm not. Because, in my mind, a mid-card championship would make more sense. It really would. Because of the fact that you have so much talent. You have guys like... Kip Sabian, Joey Janela, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, I'm, I'm not, you know, Wardlow, Jimmy Havoc. I'm trying to think of who else. Thinking of mid-card guys. You know, I would even include Scorpio Sky in there, Jungle Boy. Just got like guys like that 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 could really, really use the push. And in my mind, a mid-card title should be be more focused on as opposed to a trios championship. Now I get it. You know, you get, you know, six-man tag team titles, all that good stuff. That's all well and good. But wouldn't you rather would see a, you know, maybe a MJF have that mid-card championship? As a heel, as a crazy big heel, you know, and having an over super over baby face like a Joey Janela, you know, especially after a few months feud, go after that and take the title from MJF. Just something along those lines. I don't necessarily believe we need trios championships. Just it just doesn't it just doesn't sit well with me. Because you already have tag team championships. You already have tag titles. You know, it's just, it, I, I just see in my head that it's nothing, something that needs to be needed. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're going, they, hopefully they do go that mid-card route because I think they desperately need it with all the talent they do have, especially now with Lance Archer coming into the fold. He could be a make-card champion in and of itself. That's just par for the course. 
I would just prefer a mid-card championship over a trios title. You already have a tag team division done. You have that set. No need for a six-man tag team championship. That's just me, though. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be it for this week's episode of Light the Fuse. Hope you guys enjoyed what I brought to the table this week, of course, with the AEW preview, preview and predictions. And as always, we're going to end the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 175 of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 174 of the Young Lions Perspective. Of course, your AEW preview predictions. Episode 2 of Like the Fuse. And, of course, talking shit about WWE every chance I get. It's always a good time. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If, of course, you want more access, more exclusive content from myself, the Kate Murphy, you know, the King Ricky Rose himself, Big Will of the Kings of the Rings podcast, and of course, the homie Fretzy and Nate the Great from the Game Changer podcast. And if you have 17 cents in your pocket, that is one day's worth of a Patreon privilege. Follow us. Join the War Patreon family, go over to patreon.com. Check, search for Russell Attic Radio. Again, 17 cents a day. That all adds up to $5 a month. You have five bucks in your pocket right now, don't you? More than likely. Unless, well, unless you had to pay for bills and shit, then I totally understand. But for a mere five bucks a month, 17 cents a day, you can get exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. You won't be able to find this exclusive content on Russell Attic Radio. If you want to know, of course, Love and War. I know, uh, I believe Fretz just came out with some content. Uh, I'll be coming out with some content very, very soon. Um, I'm just waiting for the right time to do it. And I know exactly when I'm going to do it. I got to talk with Ricky. You know, I got to get things sorted out. But that's neither here nor there. But I'm telling you, if that my con- my exclusive content for Patreon is going to be coming very, very soon. And I think you're going to enjoy what I'm going to bring to the table with this one. But yeah, Patreon.com. Again, five bucks a month, 17 cents a day. Get you exclusive access on top of all of that, not only do you get exclusive content, you become part of the Patreon group chat. And I'm telling you right now, we have been talking about some good stuff. We did talk about Super Letdown um, today. We have been talking about uh, AEW Revolution, all the good stuff. So if you want to get in on the action, get in on the group chat. Again, Patreon.com. Search for Russell Attic Radio. Five bucks a month gets you all that and more. And tell a friend to tell a friend about that as well. Speaking of telling a friend to tell a friend, of course... If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend, tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, your Facebook Messenger. You can put even put on your Tinder. I don't give a shit. It cuffing season been over. All right. We we out here now. Okay. Put it out there. You never know. Someone might be able to enjoy it. All the good stuff. All the happy, happy good stuff. You know what I mean? Because especially what I'm gonna be bringing to the table personally. And what, you know, Kings of the Rings podcast have been bringing to the table lately, fire. What Game Changer podcast have been bringing to the table, fire. All right? We're just bringing fire in 2020. 
You know, and I want you to be there for the ride. Of course, y'all know coming up, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Revolution. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was Elimination Chamber coming up a week after the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Revolution. And of course, the big one, April 6th. As big as the state of Texas and California combined, it's that big. All right? It's very big. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 weekend. My biggest show of the year, as I like to say so, one of my biggest shows of the year. It's one I really love to do so, so much. Because um, I get A, get to talk shit. B, I get to make it, be, make it a longer show than usual. And C, I may try to get a couple people on the on the show. I don't know. If, if schedules work out and things are all good to go, I, I may be able to get someone to rock with me on this one. Because I think I want, I want this to be a good time. I want this to be very, very fun for all of us. In terms of all that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to you know you know work some magic and see what we can do. But other than that, April 6th though, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 weekend, and of course all the great content from not only myself but from King of His Podcast and Game Changers. Y'all definitely want to be on this journey with us because not only the Young Lions perspective, but at Wrestle Addict Radio, we strive to be the true alternative for professional wrestling podcasts, and that we are here to stay. To be the cure for the common wrestling podcast. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Of course, if you have any thoughts, opinions, anything I may have missed in terms of good and bad, your predictions for AEW Revolution this weekend, do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message for us. Go over to anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio. If you're going to talk to me personally, put YLP in there. Say what you got to say. Sound off. Make your voice heard. And if I like it enough, and I want a big shout out to Fretzy for sending me the voice matches, of course, like you heard in the beginning of this program, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective podcast. Of course, if you do not have the Anchor app, I'm not mad. I understand everybody's got their favorite streaming, you know, podcast apps that they love and whatnot, you know. Anchor's not the only place you can find this podcast, though. We are all, all across the spectrum in terms of podcast streaming services. And if you want to find us anywhere other than Anchor, we have several different options you can have to check out. Of course, we are going to, of course, me personally, I'm on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Castbox FM, Radio Public, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Overcast. Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions perspective, spicy memes, 60 second thought videos, when I'm doing live tweeting, when episodes are going to be coming out, what I'm going to be talking about in said episodes. Do not hesitate to follow me on the Twitter, me on the over on the Twitter machine. I can be followed over at Suede Senator War, that's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite, and if you follow me on my Twitter, I definitely was definitely going going ham, cheese, and bacon with AEW's, AEW's go-home show from last night. Man, that was fun to, fun to do. I also do live tweeting for uh, SmackDown Live. And, of course, every AEW live pay-per-view, I will be live tweeting during AEW Revolution this weekend. B, 
big time. It's gonna be a big time show. I can't wait to actually live tweet you get with you guys, argue, talk mess, all that good stuff. Follow me over there. Also, I do live stream for every WWE pay-per-view and of course every NXT and NXT UK takeover special as well. And on the rare occasion that I'm up at 3:30 in the morning. Um, well, until April, of course, because of you know the coronavirus has been uh has canceled pretty much the entire New Japan Cup, which kind of bums me out a little bit. But once we get back into the swing of things towards Sakura Genesis and Sus, if I'm up at 3.30 in the morning because I relieve myself in the facilities and I can't go back to sleep so often, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare when I do it, but I have done it. It's proven. You can go check back about two weeks ago. About two, three weeks ago, New Beginning on Osaka, I have done it. Of course, if you want to follow me over in the mothership that is everything Young Lions Perspective, I can be followed over on Instagram at young underscore lines underscore perspective spicy memes 60 second thought videos updates on when i'm gonna be doing shows when uh shows go live all that good stuff i'm trying to get into the ig stories i'm trying to get more involved with that bear with me on that uh, i'm still trying to learn all that stuff but yeah follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the young lions perspective podcast now Episode 175, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion what you're going to be getting into. I've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks. Episode 175, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was AEW Revolution March 1st. Actually, March 2nd, my apologies. What a great way to kick off the month of March with the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is probably going to be a very interesting show. I can't wait to talk about it. I hope there's a lot of good coming out of this. Just so y'all know, if there's a lot of good that came out of this, that means we're going to have a very good time. If not, we're not. I'm going to have a good time talking shit. But we're not, no, I don't know. But it's going to be a good time regardless. You know, and I can't wait to do it this coming Monday. Again, Monday night. Hopefully I can get it done before Monday Night Raw for those of you who really enjoy insane things. But that's, 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 you, that's a you thing. Do you? So like I said, Monday night. Episode 175 of the Young Lions perspective is the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was AEW Revolution. Now, of course, it is the you know the last day, last show of the week, which means we are coming on to the weekend, and I do not come back until Monday. So I'm going to do my usual spiel here instead of doing it on Friday. So if you are going out this weekend, and it might be cold, it might be a very cold weekend for y'all. So y'all bundle up if you're going out. If you do. Be responsible as adults. You know, drink one for me as always. I will be at the crib watching AEW Revolution and all that fun stuff. Um, make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home. And for my fellas out there, make sure you wrap it up. No need for you have no no babies come Survivor Series season. We ain't got time for that. Um, <laughs> going to hell for that one. But yeah, seriously, make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home. Better off paying double digit dollars instead of five digit dollars paying for lawyers fees and all the other stuff that you have to deal with with a dui me personally i've never had a dui thank goodness for right now because uber and lyft can get you home and guarantee that if you ask nicely they may take you to mcdonald's at 1 30 in the morning if it's open you, hey trust me you never know what they have it hey if you ask nicely enough they may take it to that mcdonald's you never know to get you that late night late night 10 piece chicken nugget that you crave with the barbecue sauce hallelujah thank you jesus but you're better off doing that than actually driving drunk and, you know, getting in a little bit of trouble with the with the police, whoop, whoop, and then they pull you over. And you're not going to have a good time because possibly you won't be seeing a judge until Monday if you're going out tomorrow night. So, yeah, please do be responsible this weekend. If you're going to be watching AEW Revolution, 
why not check out, you know, go on the Twitter, follow myself, follow Kate Murphy at the Kate Murphy, follow uh, King Ricky Rose, all that good stuff. And they'll tell you all their socials on, on the Kings of the Rings podcast and Game Changer podcast. Follow us over there and chat with us, chat with us. If get in there on the Patreon so you can group chat with us during the uh, AEW Revolution. It's going to be a good time, a good night, and I can't wait to see what goes down. Of course, as always, we got the, uh, of course, I'm a New York Guardians fan, and we got the LA Wildcats this weekend. So I'm going to end it on this. I say we will beat the LA Wildcats and end our two-game losing streak at the crib, at home, because we need to get some home cooking and get a victory right there. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy AEW Revolution. We're going to try to enjoy SmackDown Live tomorrow night because John Cena makes his return to the WWE. And then after that, I'll see you guys right back here for episode 175 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you!